You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Oscars taught us that having no hosts is a bad thing. The Emmys taught us that having Cedric the Entertainer host is also a very bad thing. I don't know. I mean, like, having Cedric the Entertainer is pretty much the same thing as having no host. <laughs> There's a point, like, the second half of the ceremony, I would just forget he's in there. You know? I'm just like, oh, yeah, he is hosting this. It seemed like the camera forgot he was, too, because every time they go back to him, it would just, like, zoom in real quick. Like, oh, yep, sorry, sorry. I liked his, I like his fashion. I'm, I'm going to be upfront about that. I actually do like Cedric's hat fashion and the way he wears a suit. I know that doesn't matter to the ceremony at all. Did you laugh all. once at any joke he did in the ceremony? Yeah. You did? They were all pretty cringe. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you were laughing at him, not not next to not him. A, not with him. Okay, there we go. Was okay. anybody laughing with him, though? I don't understand what he was thinking with some of those skits. Like, that, that whole Mike Pence skit with the fly in his hair. It's like, okay, whatever you were trying to say with this skit, it's drowned out by the fact it's not funny. <laughs> it's almost like a not very clever, hey, remember this meme sketch. Yeah. Well, like I said, when we were chatting uh, beforehand, I was like, it feels like the disaster movie guys came up with all these jokes because they just all feel so (laughs) done already. I was like, SNL made fun of these jokes like nine months to almost two years ago. Like you even said he made a coming to America joke and not even about the sequel. Yeah, about the original. And then also he did a Baby Shark reference. It's like, okay, that's already done. Yeah, yeah. Baby Shark isn't even the thing anymore. All the kids are about Bluey and PJ Mask. Baby Shark had its time. See, I don't even know what those are, and I'm still like, yeah, the, the Baby Shark is outdated. Johnny Johnny's a pretty popular song right now, and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're speaking a different language. <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn these things. My brother has, my brother's girls are two, so they're interacting with this stuff right now. So. <laughs> they're, your, they're your educators on this. Yep. Hey, everybody. We are doing a quick reaction on the Emmys. Now, we were going to have a show about the nominations, which Brad here was on. Hello! Yeah, but I was swamped with work and I couldn't edit it in all time. But I feel like it's more worthwhile to talk about it now after everything and after the creative arts last week. Because then we get Melina on the show, too. Yeah, and hindsight's always the best way to come at these things. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had to reflect on the good times and the bad. <laughs> and in this case, the ceremony... You know, I will say this. On the whole, I enjoyed this somewhat more than the Oscars this year. It wasn't flawless, and Cedric was awful, but the ceremony itself was a bit better put together than the Oscars were. Well, I mean, if you had said ahead of time that this was going to be predictable, unmemorable, and that Cedric was going to suck, I would say, okay, yeah, I can accept that. I already know that. As long as everything else goes smoothly, then I'm fine. Yeah, 
no, there was no major hiccups, no, incri- well, no, there were lots of awkward skits and that stuff, but it was mostly focused on Cedric, so the other actors got away a little bit more unscathed. <laughs> There's no Glenn Close moments or Little Rel Howery in this, so. Oh, yeah, ugh. I, I'm trying to remember any highlight moments other than the actual winners themselves, because the ceremony itself, like I said, it was just, it was there, you know? You, you saw a bunch of actors do their thing, you know, trying to be funny and being really bad when they're unscripted, <laughs> and... Yeah, that's that's mostly what I can think about this ceremony. <laughs> yeah, none of this gets landed. I like the levees, especially when it's Eugene and his son together. So I did enjoy that, even though it went on way too long, like you pointed out, Justin. A little cringe. Like, oh, I broke the prompter. And then they carried that joke on for, what, three minutes, it felt like? Like, wrap it up, guys. That was the start of a funny joke, and then it went on for another minute, minute and <laughs> yeah. a half. And I'm just like... Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, obviously, everyone's just happy to see the Shit's Creek people coming together. Yeah, which, that's again, it's that one title I feel like I can actually say and use that word. <laughs> Shit's Creek. <laughs> but you know, it was what it was, and you know, it was nice to see a bunch of the presenters there. I guess we're totally over having masks anywhere now because everyone can just take off their masks and have no problems at the ceremony, and. They were very careful to not show any of the stagehands this time, like mm-hmm. unlike the Oscars, the Met Gala. <laughs> yeah, which that was always distracting every time when every time they would cut to someone in the Oscars, where you could see the people in the background all masked up, and then you'd get to the you'd get to the actual actors, and you're like, "God, guys, you're just all out in the open. What is this? Like, I mm-hmm. feel like putting on hand sanitizer." Yeah, apparently, COVID doesn't affect you if you're rich and powerful. So, <laughs> well, we know that. It does. You just have a. Your odds are better because you have the medical funds. Uh, I hate that people think that way, personally. (laughs) I mean, Steve Jobs did die of a disease. Let's not beat around the bush. He was incredibly wealthy. (laughs) What a connection you made there. (laughs) Yeah, that was a long reach. Let's move on, please. Play me off. That's a Mr. Fantastic long reach there. (laughs) No, but. And there was some other good stuff. I do like the fact that their in memoriam section was actually good as opposed to the Oscars this time. Mm. Agreed. Well, it was significantly better, and then they didn't do a hip hop montage of the in memoriam this time around, where it's like everyone gets two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that genuinely pissed me off, and you guys already know what it is, but mm. for those listening, you may have saw the same thing. I thought they did a great job for like 90% of it. They actually had you know, a great close-up of all these people. I liked that for every person they showed, they had like a set or something around them that was relevant to what they did. Like if they were an artist on The Simpsons, they would show the living room from The Simpsons mm-hmm. or something like that. Or if they were on a sitcom, they'd show whatever the set was. And then it's like you get to the end, to the moment everyone's waiting for, where you know that they're going to talk about Ed Asner, they're going to talk about Norm MacDonald, and they're going to talk about Cloris Leachman and uh, Michael K. Williams. And then yeah. for three out of four of them, they had them in the background. Like they did this wide shot of the actual screen where you see John Batiste on the piano and they're basically just a background shot. Like Norm MacDonald was on there for like two seconds. Yeah, Ed Asner was obscured by the piano a wooden bar there too, which is just like, okay, that was weird. Yeah, who just like, <laughs> what? whose choice was that? I got no clue on that one, but I mean... Sure, fine. I mean, they were the most recent people to die. But even still, it's like, these are some of the legends of television here. Yeah, you know? yeah these and, are heavy hitters. Yeah, and Norm and Michael are such huge recent ones, too. So yeah, it's just st- like, oh, that's weird that only one of them got any form of spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. So everything else in the ceremony went functionally fine. You know, there was there were some moments that actually kind of were sweet or genuine kind of thing. And 
I don't know. I'm struggling to think of it. It's just, I've already, we just finished watching it. I'm still not remembering a lot of stuff from the ceremony itself. Oh, I don't so. think yeah, you will from same. this point on. Nah. Like, it's just <laughs> as fresh as it's going to be. Yeah, in one year, out the other. <laughs> Any other points from you guys before we move on? The only other thing that stuck in my craw was that you had a couple of people who went on way too long. I think the longest Ooh. I've ever seen any people go on where they didn't play them off once, not twice, but three times before they finally got them to stop talking. Yeah, Stephen Colbert got played off at least twice or three times on his his speech. And then who was the other guy who went on forever? Oh, Scott Frank. Yeah, for yeah. the Gambit. Queen's Gambit, right? Oh my god. <laughs> my it's goodness. Like... He he had he had a laundry list of things like to talk to my about. my partner, my wife. To Anya Taylor-Joy, to the person who kept my candy dish full with not too many red M&Ms. Don't play me off. To the postal worker whose name I didn't catch in the mail room. Like he, he was like just thanking people. And I think that's cool, but I think it's more powerful if it's personal and not a spectacle when you thank everyone like that. Yeah. And I know we don't get to see that, so we're left out of it, but... I'm just not sure what he was trying to do with that thank you everyone speech. Well, because Debbie Allen had just gotten her Lifetime Achievement Award, I think just mm-hmm. a couple of minutes prior. And when she told the band to stop talking, you were with her. You're like, yeah, let the woman yeah, talk. Yeah, because it's a Lifetime Achievement. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy, I'm like, okay, you directed one episode, guy. All right. And you're, you've gone on longer <laughs> than she has. Oh, no, he directed all the episodes. Oh, did show. he? Yeah, no, he he was the only director. He directed every episode of that. Oh, oh I wow. didn't know that. Well, even well, so, I'm like, all right, dude, you're not you're not Debbie Allen. And I didn't see Mary Easton, but I think he should have won too. But yeah. it was comically too long, and I thought it was a bit for a while. But he said everything with such sincerity. I thought, oh, maybe he's being serious. I, I'm sure Anna knows she's a great actress. Guy, you can sit down. Anya, sorry, uh, Anya, Anya. Yeah, Anya. <laughs> Even she looked uncomfortable. She's like, Haha, yeah. okay, get the camera off me. Because <laughs> well, the camera kept panning back to her constantly, just like, okay, we can move on now. <laughs> Speaking of which, one of my favorite bits is when they cut awkwardly to people at home in certain award ceremonies. And, man, I, speaking of Queen's Gambit, I felt so bad for, uh, what's his name? with the, the dude with the long name for Queen's Gambit, who was the supporting actor nominee. When they cut back to him after he lost, you just see this look at his face like, uh, I don't know why I came. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll never get a role like this again. Or, you know, yeah, like it's a, like, it's so sad because I'm like, that dude was legitimately good. And you caught him at the worst possible moment where not his gracious winner face, but the, uh, that was a waste of time. <laughs> One of disappointment for me on the ceremony. Me and my wifey have been fans of Tobias Menzi for years, literally years. Like, it's that guy. He went from like, oh, it's that guy. To it's Tobias freaking Memzi. She even watched <laughs> Game of Thrones just for his bit part. He had one scene, I think. Well, a couple. Oh, of he, scenes. he was in a couple episodes, but yeah, he was in very little. Yeah, yeah. one very much. Nikolai Kalsterwaldo even was like magnificent, tremendous actor, and it was like a fifteen-minute scene. So when she said, <laughs> "And the winner, Tobias Menzi for the Crown," we were like, "Yay!" Is not here, but. <laughs> But we've waited so long. <laughs> He's a busy man. He's got stuff yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's cool. It's fine. But that kind of mm, to me. He's gotten booted off of so many shows re- like recently. It's like he got he got 
teeny little scenes in Game of Thrones, and we mm-hmm. all know what those are. This character in Outlander, I'm pretty sure, is dead. No spoilers. Outlander, yeah, that alive, character's yeah. that character is very, very gone. And then mm-hmm. he was Philip, I guess, in the newer seasons of The Crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you know, excellent in it. But then it's but yeah, like, Philip's also like Philip, which know? is funny because you know who was actually <laughs> supposed to be in that role originally? Who? Paul Bettany. What? Oh wow! Yeah, he was supposed to do it, and he had a scheduling conflict, so Tobias Menzies took over. I bet Paul Bettany would have been great too, actually. But for the in the same time period as Olivia Coleman, Paul Bettany's old. Yeah, they could they could doctor maybe him it's up. Maybe because he he still looks like he's twenty three or something. I'm like maybe he he's... sounds fantastic. Yeah. He does. Man, also that thing that became clear that the Emmys really don't want Marvel to win anything because. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness, that like Paul Bettany, like literally every site was predicting, oh, it's Paul Bettany's to win. Paul Bettany's to win. I said that on the site that the uh, nomination Dark Horse prediction, I said Paul Bettany. Yeah, well. uh, Gold Derby. That's yeah. the thing. And then it's like, and you and McGregor. <laughs> <It's just laughs> which like, which I, I actually liked also, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's good too, but it was just one of those things where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. They, like they just oh, really don't want Marvel to win any major prizes. For he got snubbed for Uncle Frank also, if you guys haven't seen that. <gasps> yes. That I thought funny. it was a snub anyways. Yeah. Well, everyone said such great things about it and then it just kind of went away. I think that's all we got to say about the ceremony. So why don't we talk about the winners? Woo! Woohoo! So uh, for people who don't know, the top two winners, I would say for total awards, if my math is correct in this, is The Queen's Gambit and The Crown, which both won 11 when you count their primetime prizes and the creative arts prizes. Just one of those, screw you, America. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so not British. just a screw you, America, in that, but The Crown won all seven of the major prizes, you know, for acting, writing, directing, and series. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just cleaned up this year. Yeah, it did the Shit's Creek from last year, you know, mm-hmm. where that one swept all the awards then, too. Which, you know, that's the thing where to, everyone's liked the crown so far, but... You know, I, I'm not sure, it, maybe it's debatable with some people whether this is the best season of The Crown, but it was definitely the most talked about season that I can remember. Oh, yeah. And that's probably because of Diana. Right. Well, yeah, it was Diana and then uh, Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. You know, yeah. like a bunch of big, heavy stuff in this season. Yeah. Who got an award this year? Nobody's ever gotten Diana right in film yet. She's always either been a name in film or one of the worst performances of someone's career, like Naomi Watts and whatever that Poor disaster Naomi was. Watts. Yeah. She's great. I like Naomi Watts, but you just don't do Diana. But this actress was able to, and I don't watch The Crown, so forgive for not remembering her name. And my mother-in-law, who knows all about the royal family, ah, that's another thing she knows all about. <laughs> Even she was all like, she was really good as Diana. And it shocked me, like, what? Someone replicated the people's princess and it's being judged fairly and well, maybe I should watch this season of The Crown. Yeah, I mean, Emma Corrin, apparently, you know, she was the one who was predicted to win, too, until they said, nope, Olivia Colman gets that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which, that that felt like a commemoration, because it's like, it's her last season. Um, well, they did the same thing for the previous actress in her last season, too. So, mm-hmm. maybe Imelda Staunton, you just wait two more seasons, you'll get an Emmy. <laughs> there you go, yeah. It's over. It's going to be The Crown uh, role. Yeah, but no, I mean, it was quite a surprise. Now, I want to address one thing clearly, too. So, like we said, Tobias Menzies won for Supporting Actor, and a bunch of people last minute predicting, oh, Michael K. Williams, you know, Michael K. Williams should win, that other stuff. This is the only reason why it didn't happen. I mean, I'm sure it probably would have happened in some ways, but it's because he died after the voting period ended. 
So mm-hmm. I think there would have been a huge surge in his favor. You know, I don't want to say like, oh, if he had died sooner, sure. oh man, he should have done this. Like, it'd be nice if he didn't die at all. Die at all. But <laughs> sure. that seemed to be a big reason why it happened that way. Because a bunch of people were last minute were just like, oh, they should give him a big prize. It's like, unfortunately, it's too late. So yeah. that's not a knock against him. Apparently, he. Would, I have not seen Lovecraft Country. I heard he's really good in it. So he's always yeah. really good. That's that's what really sucks. Yeah, man. it's just always. A sh- I mean, because it's that whole Chadwick Boseman thing again, where everyone tried to set up these unrealistic expectations as to oh this guy needs to deserve to win because this is his last performance i'm like maybe so but that's not always how this works and yeah. it's sad you know it's just sad that this is how because it's a democratic system with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. too so sure and i think that there's so much packed into people wanting michael k williams at this point to have gotten some attention not only because it's going to be one of the last performances we see of him and the guy was such a tremendous actor you really do feel robbed that you're not going to see more of him but that lovecraft uh, lovecraft country got axed and i think people were hoping that maybe if it got some love during the award season that maybe that would give it uh maybe it would put it on some people's radar and maybe hopefully see it resurrected yeah, I mean, that was a hard sell anyways, because even the people who loved it, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of people who loved it, and there was a lot of people who were like, it was good. Yeah. You know, kind of, even Chris and a bunch of the guys on the site here, they are just like, it was fine, I liked it, didn't love it, exactly, kind of thing. Yeah. So that's really hard to convince that many people to shift from fine to that kind of thing. Yeah, I read sure. the novel, didn't care very much for the show. Brad he, read a book? That's never happened. Ma- Montrose, <laughs> yeah, right. Montrose Freeman was the best character from the novel, from my opinion. And somehow uh, he did really well in that performance also. I thought it was going to be a whole disaster, the whole show, because it's like an anthology of stories. But somehow he brought such a conflicting, uh, interesting character like Montrose to life. And that was beautiful. And it sucks. It just sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really does. But... Lovecraft Country did walk away with a couple technical prizes this year, so for yeah. sound mm. and I think one other technical thing. So that's cool. At least it's gotten some recognition. Yeah. But yeah, you know, The Crown dominated for Best Drama Series, like I said, directing, all the acting prizes, writing, and then a bunch of technical stuff. And then Queen's Gambit's wins were mostly technical, which, to be fair, it's a very beautiful and well-put-together show. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at all the work to make that many episodes of television. Mm-hmm. And it's very bingeable for anybody who you know, is worried that they'll be overwhelmed by the complications of the chess master. It's incredibly accessible and very bingeable. And I pretend I'm good at chess. I'm not. And I still <laughs> loved it, you know. Well, yeah. yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like it's like any good sports drama or any kind of thing. You don't know how to exactly. you don't need to know how to play or how to do the thing to relate to a story about someone wanting to be the best, you know? Although I did hear that a lot of people from watching the show were reported to go and actually get interested in learning how to play Mm -hmm. or improve on chess, which, yeah, I'm not good at chess either, but I really love playing it. I have no, yeah, no strategy. I just, I grew up playing it and I always kind of, I always kind of liked that metaphor that it had going for it, which is like the idea that. The king is basically the most important player, but he can't do shit. It's actually the queen who actually carries all the power in every, and she has all the best moves. I was like, even little seven-year-old feminist me was like, I like that. 
<laughs> that is true. That is very true, actually. So, yeah. No, it, it, I, I remember my wife was looking at a bunch of Twitch streams of people just taking up chess and being interested in chess because of that. Like, even people going like, oh, this is the next Queen's Gambit prodigy player here. You know, all these people. So, that was, yeah, it was really cool. Now, I'm only slightly bummed about that because I really loved Queen's Gambit, but Mare of Easttown is my favorite TV show so far this year. You're welcome. Mm. <laughs> Thank, yes, Melina, you introduced me to it. Thank you so much. But at least it did not go home empty-handed because it won a, at least one technical prize for its production design, and then it won three acting prizes for Julian Nicholson, Kate Winslet, which, of course, Kate Winslet, that's one of her very best performances ever. It is. Oh, and one wow. I'm super happy about, Evan Peters is now an Emmy winner. Woo! The mayor of Easttown cast might have given the best acceptance speeches in terms of getting people fired up to watch. Because they, oh, yeah. they didn't get up there and drone on like, uh, yes, the technical aspect of acting and I bear my soul, you know, like a boring, pretentious speech. Evan and Kate were all like, yeah, we won. <laughs> Woo! And I thought that was so refreshing. What was that bit that Kate Winslet was like, I am the winner. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and she did her little victory dance at the end. That was adorable. Because I think it's important that they act like how they feel. And that's how I feel when I ever win anything. I am not a humble winner by any means, but it was cute, and I really, really? liked watching them. No, they were infectious. Yeah, that's the exactly. thing. It's like I, you know, a lot of people use it as their platform for their big speeches and their political things and stuff. Honestly, just kind of like watching people just be happy to win. Yeah, you know, just they're gracious or they're excited. Like you know, it's that same thing where you think back, you say, "Hey." <clears throat> Would you rather watch all those other speeches that year at the Oscars or Three Six Mafia just coming up stage going, Whoa! We did it! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That was way more exciting than any other speech that year. <laughs> well, Evan was subdued. He was pretty subdued because I think he was overwhelmed by being acknowledged as such a talent, which I'm told he is. I need to watch Mary Easttown. And then just he was all like, uh, and I'd like to thank the director and the cast was so good. And then he screams, and Kate Winslet, yeah! <laughs> and it was so cool. With the stuff he and Kate Winslet did in the show, yeah, he I would be excited too. I'm just yeah. going to say that. When you watch the show, you'll understand why. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have such great chemistry, the two of them in that show. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy for all the people who are inspired to go watch that show because of the Emmys, all five of you. Uh, but I'm also <laughs> going to say, yeah, congratulations. Prepare to be absolutely devastated. Mayor of Easttown is not a completely soul crushing show, but it's pretty rough at points. Oh, yeah, but it's, okay. it's rough in all okay. the right ways where you're like, this yes. is just how a decent noir should go. I'm like, it's one that just kept me guessing the whole time. And every time I would feel smug thinking I was smarter than it, that I knew where it was going. It, it was like, oh, yeah, we know that you think that you, like we know that you think that you know where this is going. And we're going to show you in a moment how you're absolutely wrong. Yeah. Now, I, I've always said that Mare of Easttown is Fargo. It was set in Philadelphia and was much darker. You know, it's got that same kind of stream of consciousness vibe to it. And yet it has a clear direction it's going at the same time, too. So. Oh, yeah. It's just you, they they see it. And you spend the entire time thinking that you see it, and they're just basically toying with you the entire time. And whenever a show does that or a movie does that, I'm like, yes, because 
I've said this on reviews before. I'm like, I've seen every episode of Psych twice because my boyfriend loves it so much. Oh, that's wonderful. It's a show that my makes sister you, would love you guys. It's a show that <laughs> makes you feel so smug because you're just kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah, I know where you're going. I'm so smart. <laughs> and then you actually see something like this and you're like, oh, no, no, I don't. And I love the show is brought to us by the writer of The Way Back with Ben Affleck and the, the co-creator of Homestar Runner, that, that was, <laughs> Craig Zobel. Ooh. Craig Zobel. <laughs> I, I just love that fact. The fact that the guy who does... <laughs> incredibly dark HBO shows also was the co-creator of Homestar Runner with the, with the brothers Chapman. <laughs> yeah, my wife and uh, sister were telling me that comedians actually are very dark and foreboding inside and they always, they can be, they just recognize the line better when they're like, I'm going to write a drama now. So crossing the line. See ya. <laughs> I created a children's internet f- sensation. Now I'm going to write soul crushing dramas. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, all you have to do is see that documentary about Jim Carrey where he got lost playing uh, Charlie Kaufman. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Wait, I'm well, sorry. Was it Ch- so not, other... not Charlie Kaufman? Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Andy yeah, Kaufman. Yeah. Thank now, you very much. Charlie Kaufman, that's a very different story. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of other bigger winners that aren't just Mayor of Easttown, sorry, we could talk about that all day. Yeah, we could. Uh, Ted Lasso also dominated for comedy series, but not as much as you think, surprisingly. So I think it won, let's see, it won... Four primetime prizes and I think three technical prizes, so for a grand total of seven. But people thought it was going to sweep a lot more because it won for the supporting acting categories for Jason Sudeikis for best series, and then I think like yeah, like three uh, technical prizes. But then the show that kind of stole its thunder a little bit in certain categories was Hacks of all things. Yeah, which I'm sure Chris will be yeah. very happy about. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Before today, I didn't know a single person who had watched Hacks. I just scrolled past it when I was watching The Sopranos, and I was like, huh, Hacks, it's got Gene Smart in it. That's different. But now I'm actually <laughs> kind of curious. I should actually give the episode a shot. Yeah, same. I'll give it a shot. And what did Hacks yeah, walk away it, with? Because I walked into the ceremony late. Yes, yeah, so it won for lead actress for Gene Smart, and then it won for writing and directing. So, oh, good for her. Uh, and then... No technical prizes. So yeah, three awards, but all three very big awards in that case. And she deserves it. I mean, that I love that woman. Oh, she's great. I, I'm so happy that Fargo introduced the world to Jean Smart, you know? Like, there's one of the things where she's always been around, but that was her big breakout, and then she's just been getting better and better ever since, kind of thing. I would argue that the thing that actually introduced us to Jean Smart was Homeward Bound. We just, none of us knew it at the time. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> in that sense, yes, but reintroduced us to it. She's the one who's no. watching the dogs and the cat, and she's the one who comes back, and they've all like they've all flown the coop. Oh, okay. Aww. I, you know, that's the thing. I've seen that movie so many times, I never would have made that connection. <laughs> you know, I'm just right? like, oh, that was Gene Smart. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Even as a little kid, you guys, when Shadow shows up and he got out of the hole, and everyone's like, Shadow, and oh. all my siblings and cousins are crying. I'm like, what? How did he get out of that? It established he couldn't get out. This is <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Your kids are all watching that and they're crying and you're just, they, you look over and you're like, kids, I want you to think about the logistics of this for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be fooled by this. <laughs> Daddy ruined our childhood. I just wanted to watch a fun dog and cat movie. <laughs> Heartstring manipulation. Yeah. Oh, brother. This is but... called pandering, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can change. So can in terms change. of the other major prizes, you know, there's only a few singular wins or surprise wins. But one of them was for writing for a limited series, which was I May Destroy You, which mm-hmm. I still have not seen yet. But 
I have also told is an incredibly rough go for that show. Indeed. Yeah. I think you guys were the ones who actually introduced me to what that show was even about. And now I'm like, okay, this is not one of those where you're like, oh yeah, you have to go watch this. It's more like, no, you have to go watch this. Yeah. Well, you you should watch it with um you should watch it with people you trust and can talk to about like I mean really trust. Like you don't want to casually meet up with a friend and be like, "Oh, you want to watch this?" and you don't want to end up in a situation where the friend is like, "I mean, that's I wouldn't call that sexual assault though, right?" Cuz then you you'll be like, "Oh my gosh, get me out of this conversation with this person I didn't realize was a creep." Well, there's a scene where this guy is all like, "Yeah, yeah, I got my condom right here. I'm putting it on right now." And then he doesn't, and this is just one theme of several themes of the show. And then they finish their sexual encounter. I sound like such a PSA. <laughs> and she's like, "Wait, you didn't put your condom on?" He's like, "Oh no, did did it? Fall? It must have fallen off." And she's like, "It's still in the wrapper." And he's like, "Well, it's finished now." And oh. yeah, no one's having that conversation. How he just raped this woman. So, and that's just one sexual assault theme of the episode that somehow this writer manages to cover so much and it is a hard watch (laughs) yeah it's like i don't even know what to say after that it's but people should know you know people should know they have rights especially in intimate encounters and it's it's rough but i'm I'm glad i watched it and i am not surprised it won i haven't seen maravie's town or whatever else it won against yeah (laughs) but uh, but, yeah yeah it sounds like important stuff. And I will say that she had one of the better acceptance speeches that night, too. It was, yeah. it was short, it was sweet, it On was point. classy, and it was thought-provoking. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think other than Kate Winslet, that was probably my favorite of the night. Because, yeah, yeah. she she kept it short, but she kept it very meaningful. And I was like, good, enough of this exactly. droning on and thanking every single person who you ever met on the set, that person who brought you a sandwich that one time. Like, just actually make it personal. Right. Yeah. And, and it wasn't shocking, either. Yeah. Though it was awkward, too, where they sandwich that said with that where it's like this is dedicated to all the survivors of sexual assault and then mm-hmm. coming up next hilarity with Cedric the entertainer oh god <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like bad timing host jeez oh yeah that was like someone getting a nobel prize and someone putting a whoopee cushion under their seat you're like oh come on <laughs> oh <laughs> well also a surprise win which wasn't you know obviously it, People who saw this like this performance, but Ewan McGregor as Halston in the Halston series, which, mm-hmm. you know, again, people were kind of rooting for Paul Bettany because, you know, we all love Paul Bettany. He's a great guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we also all love Ewan McGregor. So I'm not complaining. No, yeah. I was. I thought that one thing I really liked all the way through this whole thing was the fact that I don't think there was a single person who won that I thought was undeserving. I was like, I may have preferred if someone else won because maybe I just saw that and I didn't see this or I liked that performance better personally, but I couldn't think of a single person, including you and McGregor, who I thought, oh no, this absolutely was, this person was robbed. This, this shouldn't have gone to them. And I was like, you know, Halston is a show that I really liked. And I know that everyone else, I know that everybody else on the review was not looking to love it, Bradley and Frank, Mm -hmm. if you're listening (laughs) to this. Uh, But no, I mean, everybody really liked it. And his performance really was what carried it. No, I agree. If if you've heard Frank do a takedown review of Ryan Murphy, I blame that on wanting Frank to hate it. But I also (laughs) loved it. Hopefully my my biggest hope from this is people go and see Halston and then they give Dr. Sleep another try because that was a great one, too. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. 
You know, that's the thing with Ryan Murphy, too, is like sometimes he reminds us that he actually did start making some good shows. It's just that we also have to suffer through Ratchet and American Horror Stories, <laughs> the miniseries that just happened, and a lot of other stuff as well. Yeah. Oh, God. I know I've brought this up before, but the one that's coming up now, the third season of American Crime Story, I saw the trailer for that and I was like, what the hell happened to this show? <laughs> the, the problem is, is that they've changed creative teams every season and the people who made the first season were the people who also made Ed Wood and a bunch of other classic movies. Yeah. And then it's oh, like, okay. oh, yeah, then it's like, oh, now the person who's in charge now is somebody else yeah. <laughs> you know so you're just like uh. which i'm very curious to know what they've done other than the muppets because my god every person in this looks like a freaking cartoon character and clive owen yeah. with his makeup and trying to hide his british accent that's odd <laughs> or right? to not have sex with that woman if i was bill clinton i'd be like what are you doing covering them up i want people to think i looked like that you know because clive owen's a very handsome man yeah, he is. You will find out once we do the review for impeachment, everybody. We'll yeah. see how that goes. <laughs> now, you know, obviously with a lot of them primetime categories and that stuff, hey, guess what? Variety Sketch Series, Saturday Night Live 1, again. Competitive Series, RuPaul's Drag Race 1, again. Is that 14 now? So, I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Variety Talk Series, last week tonight, 1, again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, uh, and the one that... Okay, you guys win, Bradley and those people. Hamilton won for pre-recorded variety special, so, yeah. Yay! <laughs> That's probably why Bradley went and had pie after this was done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was all, it was all, every, everything else was a ruse. I was just waiting for that Hamilton drop to have pie. <laughs> I'm eating the humble pie that Justin and Melina mm, will have to be sharing delicious. soon. <laughs> they get crow pie, but I get this pie. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, you know, I, I have seen film stage productions I really like, too. That was a great one. Come From Away on Apple TV Plus was also fantastic. So, sure, you guys win. <laughs> they didn't win in the other categories, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny yeah. to, to be nominated for a performance you did, like, years and years ago. But no, ne- yeah. Never mind. That's the only thing. I'm like, Hamilton is amazing. Everyone out there agrees, except for handlebar hipsters. But I... <laughs> but. I mm-hmm. don't understand why it's getting considered. I think it should get considered for every Grammy, but I don't understand why it's getting considered in 2021 as best film. When I'm like, guys, it's a it's a stage production. They just put a camera in front of it. But, I mean, the Emmys have been fraught with category fraud for a long time. I mean, yeah, when you look at true. the documentary specials, half of them usually are the other nominees from the Oscars who didn't win in a lot of those cases. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh, nobody gives a crap if they're... like. Some of these categories, nobody's paying attention to them. So mm-hmm. that just happens, unfortunately. Yeah. And maybe I wouldn't have had as big of a problem with it winning if it had not been up against Inside with Bo Burnham, which I was like, that to me was unquestionably the best of all of those. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I think award shows are afraid to award Bo Burnham because <laughs> <laughs> he's just so out there and. Would he even? Is he the dude with the puppets? <laughs> did I say? Did I say the name wrong? Uh, no, no, you did. I'm just, I'm just saying that's probably what people say. It's like, right? which guy is he? Is that one with the puppets? Or like, the other what dude? if? What if he won an award and then did a fun song about an award show we all laughed at, but they don't get the joke and they're like, "Is he making fun of us? Is he making fun of our? We made a mistake." You know. Yes, they, he is making. Fun yeah, of you. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're well, you're not wrong at all. I loved Hamilton. 
Oh man, I loved Hamilton. But you're not wrong. That that actually that variety era actually made people feel safe in the time of COVID, you guys. So to ignore that and give it to a stage production from 2017, was it filmed? I think it was yep. 2017. Yep. In 2021 is silly, and I recognize that. I still enjoyed my pie, so we could move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my belly's well, still full uh, over here. <laughs> well, moving on from there, one of the other shows that was the biggest winners tonight. I mean, come on. Are you surprised? The Mandalorian swept a bunch of technical categories. Oh, so. yeah, and absolutely deserving. Yep, it won seven, which one of them was cinematography, which thankfully it only won one because it cheated and ha- had nominations in the half hour and hour long cinematography categories. Womp, womp. Pick a lane, people. Come on. Well, they did have one episode <laughs> that was only 30 minutes long. Well, I mean, that's that's how they got away with it right. was because they had an episode that just fit in the time <laughs> limit there. But no, it won for probably one of my favorite episodes of the season, The Believer, the second to last episode where it's the uh, B- the Bill Burr episode. That I oh, love that episode. Now, that's Bill Burr's best acting performance in anything ever. Oh, yeah, he's so. amazing in that. And you're sitting yeah. there the whole time I and you're like... I think he's great in season one. Yeah, he is. Right? I, he didn't do much in season one, that's the thing. But this one, like, put him that's front true. and center for his actual acting ability. Yeah, you know? it gave him an arc. Yeah, absolutely. And he mm. totally sold it. I was shocked. But and then it also won for music, of course, because the music's great on the show. It's it won wonderful. for two stunt prizes for stunt performance and stunt coordination. So one for visual cool effects. Looking. And one for sound, and I think it won for some production uh, awards. So, I mean, you know, all the things that Mandalorian does great, it won a prize for. <laughs> Simply said. <laughs> Which, I have not voiced my full thoughts, at least here, with saying that I thought season two was good, but not as good as season one. But that's fair. see how season three goes. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still curious. Is I, there going to be a season I hope three? They, I hope oh, they yeah. plan to not spin off so many shows from one season like they did this season. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have hope, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, guys. Uh, small, like sometimes great things come in small packages. Like Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of money. That's what yeah. they <laughs> They're like, yeah, what was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on, Melina. You, get out of our way so we can make some gosh dang money. Yeah. <laughs> Shut that bitch up. I just don't up. want him to... <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> I don't want Mando to run into characters that make no sense. Right. Like I don't want him to be like, well, it looks like we got us. That's a terrible impression. Looks like we got to stop on Cloud City and then have Billy D. Williams voice because, of course, he can't do the performance. Hey, you can land on Dock 3 on the cool side of Cloud City or something. <laughs> you can land on my dock anytime. You know, and it's actually it's hard for me to say that because I said, oh, if they put Bobo Fett in this, that's going to jump the shark so bad. I was wrong completely. That was a great episode and oh, an amazing yeah. sequence. Oh, God, I've seen that so many times at this point because I'm like, I still can't believe they pulled this off. <laughs> right? They, I, someone did the Dumb and Dumber bit with that one, too, where it's like, you've been, <laughs> after all these disappointments, you finally do this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was uh, that was honest trailers for like the year of twenty twenty, yep. and I think that was yeah, the one where yeah, they yeah. brought Patton Oswalt in. Yeah, <laughs> I wish honest trailers didn't suck right now. But anyways, it's in my opinion, I th- th- this year has not been good for them. We'll talk but, later. No, yes, but Mandalorian is still pretty good, and you know a lot of the other prizes. So, shockingly, season two of Love, Death, and Robots won six awards this year. Which I have never seen, and I'm not even sure I know what it is. So it's that's Netflix, the yeah. the anthology animated project done by David Fincher and the director of Deadpool. Oh, damn! Uh, so... It's uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's it's 
essentially each episode is its own little short film that was created by some other project, you know, some other creative and that kind of such. And it's just their chance to show, you know, other artists' talents with lots of sex and violence and drugs and stuff like that too. So, but yeah, it won. The big reason why is because it won the short form category, I believe, but then it won a bunch of juried animation prizes for like individual achievements. So that was part of why it got so much. But then also on that list, Primal won two awards too, because Primal is one of the best shows on Adult Swim right now. So yeah. Which are you familiar with that one, Melina? No. So I'm being quiet. Genty Tartakovsky, the Samurai Jack guy, doing a pretty much a heavy metal show where it's a caveman and a T-Rex teaming up against crazy, bizarre, surreal circumstances. And it has zero dialogue the entire time. It's all visual storytelling. Which is the point of animation, people. Now that sounds... No, I would like that. I love it. Yep, it's on HBO Max now. Please, people, go watch it. It is one of the best animated shows I've seen in years. Incredible. WandaVision did walk away with a couple prizes, too, for a few technicals. And, of course, for the Agatha All Along song, winning for best song. I didn't think there were any other songs nominated. (laughs) Why didn't anyone else show up? You know who was going to (laughs) win. Well, now the... I have to assume that, what's his name, Robert Lopez, who wrote the song, I think he's going to go for a triple EGOT. That seems to be his goal right now, is to do do the unthinkable. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right, though. When Agatha All Along came out, and we found out it was Agatha All Along, I lost my mind. I loved it. The kids were like, what's wrong with dad? And, you know, mom's like, he's just geeking out. So I'm like, we got to buy it. We got to buy the Agatha All Along song. So I type it in Agatha All Along, and it's all like, this thing is selling like hotcakes on iTunes. It was like breaking single hour records after a TV show or something. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved that. People were demanding that the song be released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on there. They've done that a couple times now. (laughs) They demanded the song to be released. They demanded that they get the extended cut of Zemo dancing from Falcon and Winter Soldier. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. There's just something from each Marvel show that people demand, not just ask, they demand that Marvel complies. (laughs) Where's my alligator Loki plush? (laughs) (laughs) I would totally buy that. No, my kids kids are so smart. They're like, Dad, you buy an alligator plush, you buy a Loki hat. You just put them together. And me, I'm a freaking corporate shill. I'm like, it's not authentic. It's not the same. And then I'm sure there'll be something from the Hawkeye show that we'll want to get, too. The Zemo dance. Yeah. Oh, 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 the Hawkeye show. Yeah. Lucky the dog. Lucky the dog is going to steal that show. Dude, the pizza dog is one of the best things in the comics. So, yeah, you better you better believe everyone <laughs> wants to pet the pizza dog or get a pizza dog plushie. So. Oh, that's going to be so cool. God, that show actually looks really good from the trailers. But anyway, you know, there's really all the big prizes because a lot of them were just kind of scattered mini prizes for, you know, primetime stuff, documentaries, stuff that no one's really seen. Like, freaking, have you guys heard of Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square? I have. But I, I'm a big heard. Dolly okay, somebody's fan. heard of this. Yeah, I, I know Dolly nothing fan. about it beyond that. Yeah. So as I'm saying, like the rest of the prizes were all just minor stuff, and then Pose walked away with three technical prizes for its last season too, which you know not surprising in that yeah. case. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, again, we could talk about the social dilemma or one of those things, but I think everyone knows what the big winners were this night. And to be fair, part of it was because so many shows got so many nominations that it was. You know, it was pretty much certain that a bunch they were going to win a bunch in one for one show. Not not about spreading the love because there wasn't that many things that came out that got nominated. Sure, I mean, it really did seem like there was going. It, it seemed like they narrowed their focus considerably 
And I'm like, as far as that goes, I don't think there was, like I said, anybody who was a stick in the mud or anyone who just felt like they were out of the league of any of anything else. I was like, all of them, I think uh, people will walk away more or less happy or at least, you know, content that this came away. No, absolutely. I, I think that it, the, at best with the winners in the show, this one was inoffensive. You know, it's sure. one of those things where everybody who, you know, everybody won, you could justify probably either deserved to win or was a good contender for winning kind of thing. And aside from Cedric the Entertainer, the ceremony itself was, you know, it was what it was kind of thing. So. I still think they just need to bring Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin back to do these things. Like they did it so or, well the first time. Or Chris Rock, who actually did pretty good that time at the Oscars. He Well, the second time he did it. Yeah. Or my personal favorite, just bring Ricky Gervais to knock them down a few 10, 20 pegs like he did at the Golden yeah. Globes. Yeah, oh, that's God. always fun to see. Last year, he was just kicking them while they were down. I was like, I don't... <laughs> good. <laughs> he got a little bit too mean-spirited last year. <laughs> it's the last opinion. time. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. He says that every year, though. He's so he can be so mean. The joke that will always go down to infamy for me is the uh, the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. He was also in Cats, but no one saw that. Womp <laughs> <laughs> womp. Oh, I, I left that. <laughs> even, even my kids make take jabs at James Corden. I'm like, how do you even know who James Corden is? And they're like, he's in everything. Did, did you see the stuff from Cinderella that he did where he stopped traffic to hump at someone's windshield? Yeah, yeah, they brought that up. He was a mouse in Cinderella or something. Are you s- oh. oh, you got to find that video where they, they literally, all the cast stood out in traffic to perform a dance to promote the Cinderella movie. And he's like air humping someone's car. Just like, yeah, yeah I'm a mouse. Ooh. James like, Corden air humping anything is not anything I ever want to see. And that's even a less offensive yeah. visual than what's actually in the Cinderella movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, jeez. Yeah. Let's just it's say fine. giant superimposed James Corden head on a tiny mouse body is nightmare fuel. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even need those. You don't even need those characters. It's very no. odd. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, don't watch Cinderella. But hey, you know, if you want to see who won the Emmys, there's a few good clips you could probably look up. But I think that's just about it. Is there anything else we want to discuss, folks? Or I don't think so. I don't think, I mean, other than Cedric the Entertainer, there weren't really any cringe moments. There was no one falling over their own dress or people mispronouncing <laughs> a one-syllable movie. Yeah, there was uh, three different censors <laughs> that happened this night. <laughs> oh, and oh my gosh, I forgot to mention the one thing I got uh, that was just kind of cracking me up to this whole thing. Conan O'Brien trolling the Emmys this entire night. <laughs> oh, how did we not talk about that? <laughs> that was great. Like, every time someone went off stage, he's like, yeah, freaking woo! <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wondering, because the first time I heard that, I'm like, who's that jerk yelling at the audience? Oh, it's Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Never mind. Naked <laughs> comedy, yeah. And then he went off stage with Stephen Colbert at that point. That was hilarious. Like, he was just like, what? Okay, Conan, hey, hi. <laughs> I liked that because he turns around and he goes, I want to thank everybody on the stage because we're all up at like four in the morning doing this live stuff and all of you and you see him get a look at Conan. Most of the people on this stage work very, very hard. <laughs> that was probably the best laugh I got the whole night. To be fair. So. Oh, man. But yeah, no, that, that's great. Conan is great. <laughs> so... I think that's just about it. So thank you all. I know this is just an out of the blue recording for I'm the prize and got to thank Bradley for that. Cause you know, it's not that I didn't want to talk about the Emmys, but it was just one of the things where I'm like, do I have time? Can I do this all? And it's like, no, I'm, we had time and I'm glad. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, so. 
And then I get in, I'm like, are you guys going to do it? <laughs> okay, can't just be two dudes talking. We need we want Melina on here. She's great, so. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, oh shucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would say where do, can they find you guys, but I think you know where you can find all of us, because... Melina, you're doing reviews on Screener Squad and that such, right? Yeah, you guys can find me on oneofus.net. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Instagram. Yep, yep. And Bradley? I'm also on oneofus.net. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. That's about it currently. <laughs> no, yeah. Brad and I just did a review for the Come From Away film production on Apple, and that was really, really fun to talk about. So wonderful, yeah. You'll probably hear me on a couple other reviews this week too. We just discussed Clint Eastwood's new film Cry Macho uh, today. Oh which... very curious. Yeah. It, it was a thing that Quinn Eastwood made. Return to form? Question mark. No. Uh. <laughs> it's a uh, wow! I can't believe Quinn Eastwood's still alive. Type of performance. Oh. Like, no, we've been oh, we've been saying no. that for twenty years. I didn't care for the mule either, but whoa. Well, see, because Richard Jewell was great. I thought that was actually like you know maybe not the best film he's ever made, but it was a step up from some of his previous productions. That's true. And then this one. There's literally a scene where he, Quinty Fingers, tames a wild horse, and it's so clearly a stuntman with some insert shot of Clint Eastwood on something that's moving, where he's just like, I'm acting like I'm riding a horse, <laughs> kind of thing. Now, I've got to ask, is it, as, is it as bad as the baby from American Sniper? It's less noticeable until you think about it. You're just like, yeah, with the way that he opens a door or walks or does anything in this movie, there's definitely no way that's him on the horse. <laughs> Bradley Cooper did everything he could to sell that ridiculously fake baby as alive, and I kind of admire that. I know. <laughs> That's great. He's like, oh. All right, let's just wrap up here. Thank you all so much, and yeah, we will talk to you all later. I mean, we'll probably have to mention the Oscars at some point because the film festivals are happening, and it's interesting to see the shows that implode and uh, well, the ones that rise up from the ashes to become like the big unexpected hits, and then the ones that are... Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> the opposite <laughs> side. Ugh. Well, all right. See you, everybody. Bye-bye.